Hi, everyone. This is Off Meta Podcast, um, a podcast about Star Wars, X-Wing, and anything I really care about. I'm Steven, a.k.a. Rathos, your host, and today I'm joined by Marcel Manzano. Marcel is a longtime X-Wing veteran, a pillar of the Gold Squadron podcast for many years, as well as having won numerous uh, tournaments and having tons of top-cut finishes. He's also been the captain of Team USC and XTC and has so many accolades, I can't even bother to uh, recite them all here. Well, needs to say he's a top player and a wonderful person. Marcel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, thanks for having me and thanks for lying about me. I appreciate the lies. Uh, I mean, it's not lies. I mean, you've like since mm-hmm. since I've been playing, or at least since mm-hmm. I remember the G- the Ghost Hunter podcast being in running, you have been like in GSP. To me, you are basically the one who knows what he's talking about. Right. And everybody else is like, I mean, look, I'm not saying that, you know, Staniszewski and, and Dion are not good players, but you have the results to back up what you're saying. Right. It's kind of always been that way, at least from my perspective. You don't feel that that's the case? Yeah, I think. Well, I think so. Definitely early on, um, you know, uh, I've won probably bigger tournaments than the other guys, but the other guys had done. Uh, especially William, he went back to back at Adopticon, back to back instead of Adopticon. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, so I think we all add a little bit of something. And um, re- uh, Ryan, for example, I, th- I think he adds a um, kind of a serious perspective, where Will yeah. and I and even James are a little bit more goofball uh, in terms of our approach. Uh, William maybe a little less goofball. Yeah. But Ryan is the one that'll actually sit there and study and like talk with you know the people in the west coast people in the east coast and yeah and just uh you know try, try to be serious about putting together serious stuff where uh the rest of us are maybe just like hey autopilot drone sounds fun let's see how that works you know do you do you think ryan is um do you think ryan is like frustrated with you some you with you guys sometimes if like he's the only one he's like the kid trying to get the homework done and like you're you're all part of the the group yeah. project and he's like, guys, come on, we gotta stay on topic here. No, I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like Ryan came from coach from OCX. Sure. Like I mean, yeah, talk about like homework and uh being serious, like you know, we're talking coach. You know, he's probably taking a shot every other uh, sure. you know, every other sentence. And sure. uh it was more of a party than uh so I, I think I think he handles it well. I, th- I think I think he's used to it. He's just he, he has fun with it, but he does bring a little bit of a um, a more uh, down to earth or serious approach to like mm-hmm. just acting in general. I think. Yeah. What? Well, how did you get? What's the story behind how you got into GSP? Because obviously, like D- when Dion was on, he was talking about how he like you know you know you're you're just like the guy like or his guy right and so like obviously mm-hmm. like you two know each other for a long time or something like that like how, yeah. how did that happen yeah so um i started playing on christmas day 2015 like okay. exactly on christmas day 2015 my brother brought over like a starter mm-hmm. kit and uh, my, my brother's older than me he, he brought over and uh he played like vader i played luke skywalker or something like that and we didn't even have like full 100 point list it was just like what came in the starter pack like 
what was it like a couple of tie fighters and mm-hmm. i think he had a, a total of like five or six ships and we played uh during christmas at the family thing excuse me sorry and then um uh you know we, we went our own way and then he gave me one for christmas like a starter kit and then after that i started buying more and then i started playing with my wife and i was like um i wanted to play more than she did <laughs> i started looking for places to play and mm-hmm. i first found uh i didn't find i didn't find pastimes at first i found um there was a, a one here in the in the suburbs i used to live in the suburbs i was living in the city back then and i think oh, i forgot the name of it oh it's the it was a really terrible place. Like they, they charge you five dollars just to play on a regular night. Mm-hmm. And then they also required you to buy all your ships from there if they found out you bought something. Anyway, they, they, they were a bunch of jackasses. Sure. Um and by like February, we're talking about like a month later. Like by February, I owned all the stuff and I was going to store championships. Yeah. And I went to a store championship. Yeah, like a month and a half later mm-hmm. uh and i started playing like at 10 a.m and i don't know if you have you ever met ron longy gold leader he was like he used mm-hmm. to do he was the to for pastimes uh he was like the original gold squadron creator not the creator oh. of the podcast but like of the actual gold squadron gaming gold squadron gaming group and pastimes like he's the yeah. original and he was on the podcast for a little while him and his mm-hmm. wife too um and we started playing like at 10 a.m. And I ended up, uh, I won that store championship. And it was like at 3 a.m. that we ended. And Dion was streaming it. I think it was like the very first stream that Dion was doing for Gold Squadron or one of the very first. So that's kind of like how we, we met. And then after that, uh, like I didn't really talk to Dion, but I was talking to Ron. And Ron's like, hey, you should come over to Pastimes and and i started playing at pastimes and then a couple months later at gen con i won gen con mm-hmm. um and that's when like after winning gen con you know by then you know me and Dion had played a while and he's like hey you should come over here and you know we'd be like our analyst or you know how like uh you have a collar commentary and you have the analyst yeah 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 uh and he'd be like come over here and you know be that yeah and i was like okay right which is not how was, I imagine. Yeah. Like that's not how I imagine. Because you're you're no. you're co- more of a colorful person than you are a technical person, in my opinion. Well, he, yeah, and well, he didn't know that. Sure, he just sure. know that. Like, like, uh, like we met, and you know, like a month after we met, no, or, or a month after I started playing, I won a store champ, and then a few months after that, I won Gen Con, and and then he's like, oh, you know, he must be like very into like all strategy and stuff i guess <laughs> i guess uh nope we learned otherwise <laughs> do you think do you but think no, that, we've been good friends since do you think that like so you won gen con but like you know clearly you're mm-hmm. a goofball do you do you think that you that it was just mostly like like good fundamentals that allowed you to win or like did you, did you just have a natural in, intuition about the game that allowed you to, to get there like you know, those were the days of like the, yeah. the before a lot of the established kind of like structures yeah, yeah. of like tournament analysis and that kind of stuff was there. So, like, how do you think you uh, got that's a good there? Question. Well, I think the store championship when uh, it was the second store championship because I did one and then I won the second one. Mm-hmm. 
I think that was more just like intuition mm -hmm. of like, you know, flying a Sunterfell and other things. And it's just like, well, I kind of know I'm supposed to not be getting shot. Sure. Um, and that, that kind of came naturally. Mm -hmm. But for Gen Con, I actually did, uh, like I actually put work in for Gen Con. So I, I, I think that's, that's something that um, I don't always do. And sure. it shows when I do, like when I, when I put work into it, I, like the results come. And if I don't put work into it, it's very, you know, hit or miss. Sometimes it'll be well, sometimes like I'll completely, you know, go like two and three or something like that. Sure. Um, I was actually doing a ton of prep because I was nervous. It was like the first time I was getting out of like the Chicago area to go somewhere and yeah. at the time i didn't have a lot of money so like gen con's not cheap right right, right. um so i was thinking like i'm invested like this is a big investment for me at the time mm -hmm. so uh i i would play at home by myself against myself mm, at night okay so i would set up my list and then i would set up the the list of like the most popular things that were at the time mm -hmm. and i would genuinely try to play uh, my best move, and then I would go on the other side of the table and try to play the best move, and I would I would basically play against myself a couple times a week. Yeah, and then uh, I, I was flying two jump masters and a uh, slayer, a YV six six six. And to do the setups, you know, a lot of people like practice the the load, not the load, but like the like the, you know where they start they should start off. Yeah, and they practice like where you put the obstacles and stuff like that. I actually didn't practice that, uh, the obstacles. I never did that, but I, I was practicing the movements and the distances of like if I do a, a three bank and a barrel roll as far forward, a three bank and a barrel roll back. Like I was getting all that, and I actually took I was moving them, and I would have. Um, like a uh, just the base, not the not the ships. Mm -hmm. I, I would have a large base, a three uh, template, three like a three bank, a large base, and then uh, one maneuver like to do the barrel roll, mm -hmm. and then the right. And I would take pictures of that so I could have like a very clear visualization of what yeah. what distances they cover, right. and like if I do a three bank and that, can I shoot a four, four forward with the YV and and not bump against myself and stuff like that right so um yeah i actually took it pretty serious which is not normally what i do sure um but I, but i was just nervous it was like the very first big tournament that i played so sure. do you think um, do you think that nervousness is gone now um or do you think that like because you know you've played in a lot of events since then and do you think that that nervousness has disappeared or you think it's still there like when does it show up i get it i no, i still get the jitters at the round one of every tournament like oh okay yeah like I've never not even like a basic store championship, I still get uh, a little bit of jitters, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just because I'm competitive and I I, I don't yeah. even if I go there knowing I'm like I'm taking a meme list and mm -hmm. um, like I know I'm gonna get demolished, I, I yeah. still don't want to get demolished. Hey, so you want to win? I always, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I I still get a little bit of nervousness and. Um, you know that i think that tends to help me a little bit because 
uh, that kind of keeps me engaged. Yeah. And later on, usually like towards the end of the tournament where I am loose and I'm like, ah, whatever. Like I might, I might not think twice about, you know, doing something. Ah, it's just good, whatever. Sure. And um, that doesn't, that doesn't go as well. Or if I'm tired, if I'm tired and uh, I have, um, like I have a hard time sleeping. I have a, like a sleeping machine. Yeah, yeah. Like actual, like in my body, like there's a machine that, yeah. that supposed yeah. to helps me sleep so and that's only like been uh, like a year and a half ago so usually by the end of tournaments um the sleep deprivation is like hit me then i'll just be like eh, whatever you know yeah 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 uh, so that's why you usually see me like with either cup either coffee or uh, energy drink or mm-hmm. at worlds that one dude from peru mm-hmm. gave me like uh, an adderall or whatever like the add <laughs> Okay. Like I didn't know what it was. He gave it to me, and then like an hour after, I'm like, "What the hell?" Oh no! <laughs> I'm bouncing up the walls. Oh no! Sweating. Oh no! <laughs> like weird. Never, never take <laughs> unnamed drugs from <laughs> random people you meet. <laughs> I thought he was giving me a caffeine pill, but he's like, "Sure, no, yeah, it works though." I, I never had one before. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it woke me up. <laughs> oh man, never again. Do you do you? So you've you say you're taking you have a sleeping machine now. Do you think that? Do you think that that's going to now that you've been using that for a while? Do you think the sleep deprivation is going to be uh, as much of an issue for this world? Um, hopefully not. I mean, I I don't know. Like it's it's working, but it's not. It's helping, but it's not working, or it's helping, but it's not fixing right. it. It's so it's, it's an improvement. Really, it's not it's, it's, improvement. it's not a fix. Right. Yeah, right. It, right. But it is an improvement. So yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it's like a kind of a combination of um, the physical side of it, like the like mm-hmm. the throat closing up, yeah, and the psychological side of it of like the sleep at not the sleep at yeah, that's the physical, uh, mm-hmm. like the insomnia, like your brain racing. Sure, of course. So I'll give you a good example. This last world, I started four and zero. Yeah, and then I lost my fifth round, went four and one, and then for round two. I didn't even, I went to bed like at 11 at night. I didn't fall asleep till like 4 a.m. Right. And then I was up by like six, six and a, uh, mm-hmm. six or whatever. Yeah. And the next day I went two and three. Right. Uh, but it wasn't like, um, I, I mean, it, it, it wasn't because I wasn't prepared or I had a bad list. I was just not making good choices. I was right. Like I, yeah, you can see like the sleep deprivation, like is 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 really a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had trouble sleeping, but when you have trouble sleeping, it starts to concentrate. So that's basically just like the lack of, of concentration. Of course, of course. I mean, I haven't had specifically like um, like uh, insomnia, but I have gone twenty four hours without sleeping, and like having to function in that second half is very very tough. Right, just same kind of same yeah. Thing. It's just the concentration. It's it's like the mm-hmm. you know little things are very distracting, or yeah. if you if there's like a little sound in the background, like it'll it'll sound like a bullhorn, and, and yeah, it's hard yeah, to yeah. focus on. Yeah, yeah. Small things just seem yeah. things seem more muddy and just like yeah, yeah. Um, well, mm. I mean, so this is interesting because like it's essentially you're handicapping yourself, physically handicapping yourself. And if those handicaps ever came off, um, 
you could win worlds <laughs> is basically what i'm hearing uh i mean maybe i think anyone can win worlds um you know anybody can have a good a good run i i think um i think the close i've only missed the cut at worlds this last time mm -hmm. like i've made cut every other time and i've gotten pretty deep uh on most situations I think the closest one I got, though, that I legitimately say like this was this was my shot was the one mm -hmm. that Justin Pua won from Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, I beat Justin in the Swiss, and then um, we made it to like I think it was top four or top eight, yeah. and um, I played him again. Yeah, and he beat me in the rematch, but it was like a very it was one it was one of those like very dicey games oh and the 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 the, the, the matches that were left were against the uh what was it um uh the uh miranda and yeah, miranda, yeah it was yeah. like miranda and uh some yeah something like that mm -hmm. um but it was with jump masters and jump masters just typically had a very favorable matchup against Miranda because mm -hmm. you know Miranda tended to like fly around and you know do a burst damage and then regen but with jump masters they were just like continuously yes. like they would put out more damage than she can regen yes. so it was a, yes. so I think that's probably the closest that I got to winning worlds is when Justin Fu knocked me out mm -hmm. um and then the other two times that were that that I remember uh both were duncan howard knocking me out oh so he knocked me out twice at worlds yeah 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 he knocked me out once when i played three jump masters but mm -hmm. um a mean list of three jump masters sure like i didn't put any ordinance uh, actually i didn't put any um like remember how they had like the free shots like they can just yeah 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 them. Focus and then something like that. all the mods and I, guidance ships and all sorts of yeah. I, did, I didn't and I didn't put yeah yeah I didn't do that and I didn't even do um, a tiny mind link yeah you got you remember the upgrade uh uh what was it called it was that upgrade that allowed you to go up one initiative or down one initiative. Oh, I do know what you're talking. I don't remember what the name is either. But yeah, so for for any like 2.5 listeners, there was a card that lets you increase or decrease your initiative um, at the start of the game. At the you start chose. of the game, yeah. Which is um, well, first of all, there was like there was like veteran, like the veteran one, the tile that lets you just bump up to, right? It bump by two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and it was and, initiative one through nine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and these were initiative three, so going from two to four like was meaningless, you know, yeah, because yeah. it was like it was one through nine, so yes. it was it was basically a, a an empty card. Yeah. So I didn't. Um, but yeah, one of them was with that. He beat me, and then he beat me the worlds that um, the the really big worlds, the one that we had in Minneapolis, like downtown Minneapolis, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and and I was and I felt really good. I, I went, I went undefeated in Swiss, and I had won two store championships like two weeks prior in a row, mm -hmm. and I was like, with those two store championships plus the Swiss uh, undefeated at Swiss, I was uh, I think I was probably like twenty something and over with that list in tournament play. Right. And then Duncan Howard is like, 
But actually, that was a really good game. I, I remember that game. It's it's it's, it's on stream. It's uh, uh, I did a ridiculous move that almost got me off the board, and then mm -hmm. uh, like Duncan snuck out of it. But it, it was a really close match. But um, right. yeah, he knocked me out of that one too. Do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that you get nervous now? Well, now that he's knocked you out twice, you are you get? Do you have the, that trepidation when you face him, or is it excitement? Like, because clearly. He's he's not yet mm -hmm. two high very important positions right, and Duncan has yeah. a reputation as well of being like this um, hammer that comes in, right? Um, yeah, I mean he's got uh, not so much. Um, no, I don't think so because um, I tend to only get like I said I get anxiety like before sure. a tournament, but usually like it like after the first round it starts like like it's right. normal again um and i only get like in uh not anxiety but i only get like nervous playing against people i know are uh are like douchebags oh i see uh yeah. like there's some people that you know that you know when you play with them you're not going to have a good experience right right so if you're not um, if it's a game that's not going to be a good time then you're like you get you get nervous about that because you're like oh, i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with this bad situation yeah yeah or somebody that had yeah somebody that had a bad situation with in the past like but but in a like sportsmanship right level not in right, a, right. like they woke me um so i don't really get nervous and I, and i think you know you know obviously duncan id uh paul heaver and you know a lot of people in europe like when you play them you know that it's going to be a serious game and you know mm -hmm. but I, I i i would like to think that when they play me they're also thinking like oh i'm gonna to bring my a game too it's not like mm -hmm. so i i don't think it's like very one-sided for example id like uh with id our most uh recognizable match is mm -hmm. the one that like he beat me right away at the adepticon final right uh the one where like there was the first tournament of 2.5 and you know the first one was scenarios like the first uh yeah. major qualifier in scenarios so we both made the final and he beat me um like it was it was very one-sided right right but uh i think our overall like in tournament play our overall i think i'm probably like four and two or five and two against them like in general like i've beaten him um more uh duncan has beaten me more i've never lost to paul heber i think i beat him at worlds once or twice and like i've never really but that doesn't mean he can't beat. like i'm just sure. saying like it just hasn't happened sure sure uh so so i don't get nervous playing against people like that because i know that i have the chance to beat them and just equally they have the chance to beat me sure um and uh yeah i don't no, I get I get nervous to play people that I know. Um, for example, and I and I try to control myself with this as well. But like for example, people that I know are constantly complaining about dice. Sure. Like so people that I like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played D. Really? Ever? Wow. Not a single time. No. Okay, but uh, there's other people that I know that they're always like, like I know it's gonna happen, even sure. if it's completely average dice. I know it's gonna come. Yeah. So 
I'm even before the game starts, I'm already like, like, uh, I don't want to do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's like a couple other players here or, <laughs> or around that are, are, you know, a challenge for other reasons. Sure. Sure. And I'm, I've been a challenge to, I, I can be a challenge to sometimes. Sure. Do you have any player that you would think is like uh, your nemesis or the per person that you're like, this is the person I always want to beat whenever you go to an yeah. event? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Nick Tobin. I don't know if you know Nick Tobin. Nick Tobin. No, I don't. What's, he is what's... an amazing player. He's uh, he's here from, uh, he, he, he's a uh, uh, Chicago suburbs guy. He plays at, actually he played at that um, store that I told you was a bunch of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, not nice people. Uh, so he is, um, I actually think we're, we're kind of even in results. He, he had a big up on me early mm -hmm. on. I think I kind of evened that out a bit, but, um, yeah, Nick Tobin, every time I play Nick Tobin and he's the dear friend of mine, um, mm -hmm. every time I play Nick, I know, I know it's going to go to the nail. Um, and I know it's always going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it's always I always feel at a disadvantage, like especially like early on. Like it's one of those things where like how like like he's reading my brain. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, yeah, it was so yeah, it's it's one of those situations where I think I'm doing something smart and then all of a sudden it's like he guessed exactly what I was gonna do. Mm. I'm surprised I think you know, I think you've seen this. I probably you've seen have. him around. He's always at so, all the major tournaments. Yeah, he's. So he's I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of like inside into like my my brain. I don't. I have a hard time remembering everybody because there's a lot of people who introduce themselves to me because like you know people are grateful. Thank you for Yasby. Yada yada yada. You're famous. I'm famous. Um, but like I get a lot of introductions, and so I I tend to unfortunately not be able to process and remember very many people. Right. So. Uh, I've probably met all the notable X-Wing players. I just haven't yeah, yeah. retained any information about who is which person, right? Um, yeah. Like so, you'll see the face though, like you recognize faces. I probably or... will recognize a face, but like I won't know anything about that person or just know that just mm -hmm. some glimmer of like recognition. Like, oh yes, no, I have seen this person before, right? So it takes a, yeah. it takes like, so the actual, the actual like list of people whom I recognize outside of my local groups are like very small right um uh even like um even like big other other big communities right like for example mm -hmm. uh like let's look at gsp for example right like i know what will hagel looks like and i've talked to him but i wouldn't recognize him immediately like it would take a second Ooh. for me to be like oh no that's will right um uh like you and dion are like instantly recognizable for me, right? And it's like I don't watch the podcast videos or anything, right? It's just like a matter of like you know I, I interact with you guys. I've actually talked with you guys, right? Um, and uh, but yeah, it's like for me, like I just like there's just so many people who are just constantly interfacing with me that I just can't I can't retain any of that information, uh, and yeah. I stop trying because I'm getting older now. <laughs> the uh, do you remember? Well, and, and it might not even be the first time we met. But it's the sure. first time that I remember meeting. Sure. At Worlds. Uh-huh. I think I annoyed 
the hell out of you. Oh yes, uh, absolutely, unpurposely. Ref- and and that was call un- me by my well, name. It, it, no, it started off unintentionally. Uh huh. But then, um, then it became intentional. Of course. What no, was I, I calling you? I don't even remember. What I don't remember. It? I don't want to. I don't want you to start doing it again. <laughs> you blacked it out of your memory. <laughs> I, ref- I I intentionally removed it from memory. That got that got deleted and sent to the recycle bin. <laughs> no, I remember. I was like, I was, I. You said, "Oh, uh, I'm." You know, do you know who this yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I said a name, and, and that, that's genuinely how I thought you were. It was, yeah, I yeah. guess, the wrong name. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You're like, no, I'm, I'm Rathos, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Like, I still didn't know what Rachel was. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a strange name. And then I, mean, I think I did that like the whole. No, the whole tournament. The whole, yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole it time. was worlds, right? Yeah, it was worlds. It was it was funny. It you was still funny time. when you did it. I knew it was I knew it was to be funny, and I and I I liked it, but also I didn't want you to do it. So like, yeah. <laughs> so like so I had I had to give the response, but then made you which egged you on to do it more. And for the for everyone who's like listening, if you're not pieced our way together, Marcel intentionally, well unintentionally, and then intentionally called me the wrong name the entire world of 2019. Um, and then I in response got extremely upset about that and like. You know, made you call, tried to make you tell, call me the correct name, which became a whole thing. It basically turned into a bit that we just like emulated the whole tournament. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a yeah, lot of, but, but it's memorable. But it was memorable. Oh, for like, sure. I re- like I, I instantly knew, and I instantly did never forgot your name again after that. It's like, oh. yeah, yeah, no, it yeah, was. Yeah, it's it's very it's very memorable, and like I think, I think that's what makes these tournaments for me like. Even if like I wasn't, if even if I wasn't, I mean I'm very competitive. I want to win the tournaments as well. But even if I wasn't mm-hmm. competitive, I think those things are what really makes these events worth going to. Um, and and so anyone who is like you know if you're a casual player or whatever you, you're like oh I'll, you know I'm never going to win one of these big events. That's not the point. The point is to go mm-hmm. and have these types of interactions and these type of memorable moments. So you can generate all these like cool friendships and stuff like that. Like I had a um, one of my favorite bits. So same worlds. Um, so we had a bit with you, and then I had another bit with mm-hmm. another friend of mine who, and basically we would talk about something, and then we would one of us would respond with, "Oh, it's always been this." So like you know we we're talking about shoes, and it was like, "Oh, look at these red shoes." Mm-hmm. And it's like I've always liked red shoes. I've always liked red shoes mm-hmm. as well, right? And it would just be everything, and then we so we'd play in a tournament. And it's like, "Oh, did you win your round?" I've always won them. I've always won my rounds. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you've always I of course, of course, of course." Well, silly of me to ask, of course, right? So these are the types of things, you know. I'm just, you know, it's just the the really the joys of the, these events, right? And I'm sure you've had your your share of bits and like with all sort of the, also uh, some of the more um, lovable goofballs as well, who I I, I don't know very yeah, many, yeah, yeah. right? um yeah no i i enjoy it and i think i i'm i'm leaning more towards the social side of x-wing than i am towards the like very hardcore competitive sure um as just i wouldn't call it burnout but just as like the like the game has evolved and i've evolved and uh i'm more i'm i'm looking for like i'm going to lvo i'm more looking forward to one just you know it's always kind of nice being in vegas and hanging out for a couple of days with caleb mm-hmm. and two just hanging out with people mm-hmm. um you know i i'm uh, i'm trying to think what list to fly and stuff like that but 
as far as like practicing or doing anything like that, yeah. you know, I'm just going to go there and, you know, do my best and not, not try to take anything too janky and do well. But mostly more than anything, I'm just looking forward to like going and hanging out and meeting people and worlds has become more of, um, you know, seeing the people that, that I only get to see, you know, internationally, you know, once, hopefully once a year before, you mm -hmm. know, that through COVID like once every four years. Sure. Um, you know, some of my, you know, better friends are, you know, for example, Bartos, like, uh, you know, me and Bartos really close. Uh, we got really close, you know, since I went over there for, yeah, uh, with Team USA, we went to go play in Poland. Yeah. And I only get to see that guy maybe once or twice a year. And then for three or four years, didn't get to see each other. Yeah. Those people like that, just the, the opportunity to see, People, uh, so it's more of a social thing for me now. I still try yeah. to win, of course, uh, but it's not. I would, I, I would say, it's not as important. Before I played to win, yes, like that, or I joined a tournament to win, yes. Now I still play to win, but I join a tournament to see friends, mm -hmm. and I try to win. Yeah, like the goal is see friends, yes, but I try to win. I I totally before it was i'm going there to win and i don't care who's there I, i'm on a mission yeah i i totally get you the primary objective is different for for you now and that's and you know you can have as many secondary objectives as you want right but like ultimately the main mm -hmm. reason is 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 fundamentally different i think that's changed for a lot of people i think i think it's a combination of things right like you know we're getting older um even you know even if you started like Let's say, you know, you started in 2016, 15, 2016, when most of the people, like the, the huge influx of players at the time, right? Myself included, yourself yeah. included, right? You know, it's been, it's been a long time since then. It's been almost 10 years, right? Eight years, nine years at this point, right? Yeah, it's seven, right? seven, eight years. Seven, yeah. seven, eight years, right? So, you know, in that time period, even if you were 20 when you started, you would be 27 when we're at where we're at now, right? That's a complete different phase of your life, right? So I, I think I think that it's very reasonable, like, you know, your your perspective change, your goals have changed, what you're looking for in, in it has changed, right? Your priorities have shifted. So it's very mm -hmm. reasonable to, to, to be in a situation where like, yeah, I don't want to win, but you, you want to do these things, right? And that's meaningful, right? So uh, mm -hmm. I totally think that it's, I think it, it actually makes more sense that the winning is not as important because when you're younger, yeah, you want to get that W, right? You really want to get that W, um, the competitive nature. And that never goes away. Like we, both of us are yeah. super competitive people, but I think as you get older, it's like not as important. Like the win is like, it's nice to have, but it's not ultimately like, you know, what are you going to get out of that? Like, it's more about making sure that you have a great experience. Cause you're going to look back on those years. You go black on those days fondly. If you, uh -huh. met, you did it with the right people, and it and mm -hmm. if you had a terrible experience but you got a w and you remember the trophy you know yeah it's going to be nice sitting in your wall whatever but if there are no yeah. good memories associated with it that's not really a big success is it right so i yeah. I, I mean i think that you just realize yeah. it more as you get older for sure right yeah I, I remember uh this last world's just last year you know the things that i remember more are not the games i played they're you know the the and not just the people i mean it's kind of cliche to say like the people you met because you meet so yeah. many people yeah but it's like the um the interactions that stand out 
that are unique from other interactions. So for example, the 2019 one with you and like, you know, me annoying you purposely. Mm -hmm. um, I probably had a better time with it than you did because it was kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a dick move. No, I had, I had equal amounts of fun with it. I had equal amounts of fun. Let okay. me just make it very clear. It was and a fun then, time for both of us. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, for uh, 2019 Worlds, for example, like like with uh, XY from Singapore, um, you know, I drove him here into the city and because, uh, you know, I was coming to the city to do something and he was like kind of encumbered. Uh, he just wanted to do like the, the city stuff and we went out to, to, to a nice lunch right here, like in a nice downtown place in a nice uh, lunch area. And just kind of stepping away from the tournament, stepping away from Schaumburg, just me and him hanging out, you know, for maybe like an hour and a half or two hours. And, you know, I went back to Schaumburg. He went to go to, you know, his Chicago thing. Like it's those little memories that, that, are the ones that I carry with me more so than like winning or losing. Even, even the big ones, like, like when I won Gen Con that one time that I told you, yeah, I don't, I more than any game. Like I just found out on Monday, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Allen, because I, I guess I lost one game that tournament mm -hmm. and Chris Allen was the one that beat me. I didn't even know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know who Chris Allen was like, just <laughs> I was Ooh. new to the game. I had only been playing a couple months. Like I didn't know who anybody was. Yeah. And Chris Allen was on the podcast uh, talking about this world's coming up. He's like, yeah, Marcel, we played, and uh, I was your only loss at uh, Gen Con when you won. I don't remember any of that. Like I don't remember any of the games. Mm -hmm. What I remember is after winning is being with um, Ron and. Dion and like the other Chicago, you know, Nate Moore and mm -hmm. like the other Chicago people that stuck around till I think that that game ended like at 2 a.m. Like sticking around with them after the, you know, after the win. Uh, even the, the big accomplishments, it's only the memory is only like the interactions that were with the people mm -hmm. in between or after. Yes. Right? Yes, a lot of it is. A lot of it is that. Um, and like, for example, like at, at 2019, or let's say actually this year's or last year's Worlds, because we're now in 2024. Um, so the 2023 uh, Worlds, 2020. like, I know, right? We just started up. Um, so like last year's Worlds, like, you know, going and, um, you know, going and seeing every, because like the first day I come in, like, I don't remember much of my games. Like, some of the games I remember, because it's a little bit more recent, but what I remember the most is like going in the first day, having lunch and like looking for somebody to hang out with. And we just happen to have lunch with all of the judges. Right. Um, using, using that X-wing clout I've got <laughs> to, to get some lunches with some, with some people. Right. And then just, you know, interacting, mm -hmm. having a good time and then just chilling and, you know, um, all the stuff in between um, cutting in line for lunch. Um, thanks to Bartosh letting me, letting him, letting me in, so that we could eat together, mm -hmm. right? That kind of stuff, right? That's what I remember the most. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a great yeah, good times. This is a great segue because um, we're about at the point where I like to do the my favorite part of the uh, podcast is a little bit that I um, since you don't know what it is, everyone anyone who's listening to the podcast knows what's coming. But uh, so this is my this is my bit. This is half the reason why I made the podcast in the first place. Um, and it's uh, it's the ad read. So this podcast has been okay, brought so, to you by. Okay, go ahead. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Sleep Deprivation. You need to sleep. Even if you don't need to sleep, you really do need it. Um, also, this podcast has been brought to you by Bartosz, that lovable Polish bastard. And finally, this podcast has been brought to you by Not Playing to Win. It turns out that all the friends you made along the way is the, is the reason to play. Do you have any, any to add? You want to throw some in there? You got some uh, spicy ones? Uh, you know, I wish I had the spicy one. I, I, I'm really, I'm going to wreck my brain and I'm going to ask Dion, maybe he remembers of what, what your make-believe name is from 2019. Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm going to make that uh, comeback. And I, I know you remember. I, I might get you to say it at some point. Um, so was it James? I don't think so. Okay. Okay, Jimmy. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to call you a different name every time I see you. Now I mean, that also until, is something until, that could happen. I, until I get a reaction. Until could I, you, like, could you imagine, like, could you imagine if, um, if, like, you were doing that? And someone who didn't know, um, know either either of us or like knew me because like of Yasby, mm. right? And he's like, "That's mm. not his name," and just trying to like like on the on the side tell you like, "Hey, like, that's not his his name's not that. You shouldn't you shouldn't." <laughs> and then you just like, ignore that person too, right? Because obviously you're you're yeah. you're staying true to the bit, right? Um, and yeah, then I'm yeah. getting progressively angrier because I'm also remaining true to the bit. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be funny. That would actually be funny. Um, I I think that hopefully somebody hears us and tries to do that. So now we have a three way three way four way bit that is just like progressively getting more complex. Um, uh, sounds a little kinky. I'm I'm down. Uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So like, let me ask you something. So, so, mm-hmm. so now I really want to ask you some stuff about X-Wing, like just the kind of like, sure. you know, sure. I don't want to go into the whole thing about like meta and stuff like that, because that's not what this podcast is about. But I mm-hmm. do want to ask you about, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier, the idea mm-hmm. of preparation um, and mm-hmm. how much and how little, like, uh, I don't think you probably, I feel like you don't do a lot as much as you did in the, in previous, in previous days. But I do still feel mm-hmm. like even as a veteran player, there's a fair amount of preparation that needs to be done. It's just the preparation is kind of different now, right? Do you feel that the, that that is the case as well? Yeah, I think it, it's evolved. It's evolved more to, um, you know, before the preparation was more of like which choices to make in what situations, mm-hmm. you know, like what is the, the, you know, do I bear a role or do I stay here and and, you know, joust and try to put out damage to receive damage you know like uh it started off like making those choices i think as you get more experience with the game those choices become a lot easier and now like when i'm practicing for lvo it's um it's more of like which uh which combinations probably work better in what situations mm-hmm. uh, i'll give you a real example uh, so I'm either going to take Resistance or Republic, and in the Republic side, I'm uh, I'm definitely taking um, Anakin Seven B Anakin. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely taking Click Oddball uh, Siege of Course on Oddball and Lone uh, Lone Wolf uh, Slider. Mm-hmm. There's four points left over, so I've been flying, and I took the Gen Con and I made the cut in Gen Con. So it's been you know relatively successful. Rick Olay, 
Mm-hmm. But lately, like I feel like he's he's not pulling his weight, mm-hmm. and now it's like, do I go Wolf? Do I go Siege of Coruscant Wolf? Do I go mm-hmm. like uh, Unique or whatever you call it, Standard Wolf or whatever the Wolf without the Siege of Coruscant? Do I go um, Proton Torpedo Passive? Padme. Uh, what's thank you? Yeah. So there's and then like which specific loadouts? I had been flying uh, Delta Summon B Anakin with Daredevil and R4P just to keep the dial wide open. Basically, you can Daredevil and then five forward yeah. out of there with the blue, turn the five forward blue. Yeah. And it just gives you a lot of like unpredictability because people, while they're playing, they're like, oh, he's stressed. He's only going to do this, 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 this. And next yeah. thing you know, he's like on the other end. Yeah. Uh, so it gives you a lot of, un- it forces you to stress yourself and then it, it forces your opponent to make assumptions based on your stress. Mm-hmm. And that's been working really well, but um, I also see some of the downfalls. So I started just yesterday playing with um, extreme maneuvers because I really like that, you know, that daredevil. But yeah. doing extreme maneuvers and then R seven whatever, like the the crit bot basically. Yeah. Uh, three charges, turn a crit to a hit, or turn a hit to a crit. Yes. And that mostly as a as a salvage mission you know just basically the yep. salvage mission being able yeah, because yeah. you know every time that i play salvage i'm always thinking like darth vader has such an advantage with being able to constantly crit that i6 right and and it's always in the top of my head i'm like well what if my anakin had the auto crit just like yes later yeah that would make anakin super scary uh so stuff like that and then i'm also thinking like you know maybe instead of going that way maybe i'll go like Debris Gambit, mm-hmm. uh, 7B. Sure. So it's it, the practice is more of like uh, which upgrade will trigger more often in more games right? so that I'm not carrying around dead weight. Right. Um, so, so it's, I think, it, I think in, that's in probably way, how it's changed. So in this way, so like a little bit about efficiency. Do you feel that um, like a lot of your choices, because it, it's really interesting, you're in the list building kind of like mentality but your list building is more about like which parts fit better with your play style so that you can maximize all the individual pieces, right? Like it's not like what is the optimal like choice for like making the, the greatest value out of all the pieces, but more like so I can fly the way that I want to fly and do and make sure I get maximum value out of whatever is equipped. Is that like more like you're thinking? Yeah, I think, I think that's part of it. Part of it is uh, I have to keep myself entertained or else I get bored and if i get bored i make bad decisions sure. and um, uh i know that i tend to be more aggressive than mm-hmm. you know I, i'm more in the dale cromwell school of play than like the duncan howard school of play sure yeah uh i'm, I'm gonna boost into range one arc to arc i'm not gonna boost and you know skip a shot to take a shot three turns later yeah uh so knowing that that you know that's probably what goes into list building but um mostly more than anything i just look for at least right now i'm looking more like what will proc more often than because it feels really bad for you to bring something and then you go a whole tournament and you use that upgrade one time in five games and that upgrade is like Mm -hmm. a four point upgrade is like yeah it's that way like I would have been better off with like an R four droid and just right. keeping all my or or even worse, it's like an entire ship was 
picked because of that upgrade, right? Like, like, like you bring Padme because you're like, oh yeah, like Padme is going to save all my ships or whatever. And then as you play your games, because of the way you fly, it doesn't even like Padme's ability only triggers once and didn't matter because you didn't roll eyeballs, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that thing that just happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say that's probably um, how the prep has evolved more than actually like. Sure. Do you like think? Trying to figure so let me ask that. you. Let me ask you this kind of like follow connected question: Is do you think that um, list building has become a lot more um, an ex an extension of like a player's um, expression of how they fly, rather than more like a strict like clinical decision of like what are the best optimal choices? Because I know like in late two point a lot of like what the choices were were more around okay, this combination is objectively the better choice than these other combinations. But I don't feel like that's the case in 2.5. And I could be wrong about this, but I really feel strongly that like how, what the the, the choices that you make are more of a thing about what you think, like it kind of like a reflection of how you fly as a person, right? So like, you know, you might not take uh, Padme because your, because your flying style is, is more suited for a different type of thing. But other people might decide, no, I'm going to take Padme because it, it more suits like my kind of like structured like flying pathway. Um, and both are correct because like, you know, the way that you fly often de will determine the effectiveness of that, of those combinations. I think probably the other way around. I, th I think now mm -hmm. I'm flying more and not just me, like um, generally people are flying yeah. more what they find efficient than what they find fun and mm -hmm. unique to their own personal play style. Okay. So I think you see more of pushing towards efficiency. And I think the um, the objectives tend to play into that because okay. you, you, you have to consider like four different mission types mm -hmm. and you're, you're more likely to go for like a jack of all trades very consistent, very maybe methodical and consistent sure. versus playing something when you were only having to think about like uh, a dog fighting, you might be able to build like these wacky uh, combos that, you know, that'll make you do like this, this crazy thing a couple times a, a game. Uh, but now those wacky combos, you know, you're not flying in formation anymore. You're not, um, you don't have the, the same winning conditions anymore. Like, and it's very random, like, uh, you know, which winning condition you're going to need more than others. So you, uh, people tend to go and myself included tend to go more towards like the, um, the Jack of all trades route example. Uh, um, the other, I mean, they're going to do Republic or resistance and resistance will probably be something like three T seventies plus two or four T seventies plus one. Right? Uh, super standard, super boring, something that I would never fly if it's not if I'm not trying to win a tournament. Like genuinely, if I'm not trying to win a tournament, I'm right. not gonna fly three to you know three or four T70s. I'm gonna you know when I play for fun, for example, uh, the last you know the the list actually I have it right here. The list that I'm playing for fun is uh, Lima uh, Kai, Dirge. Uh, uh, Starfighter, 
Cabang, Manaru, and Namram. So three rogue class starfighters with proton mm -hmm. uh, cannon. Yeah. Uh, uh, Manaru and Lima Kai. That's what I'm playing for fun. Trying to line up three different bullseyes and then have a big old fatty and then have Lima Kai so, you know, sure. some plasma torpedoes. That's not going to win me any tournaments, mm -hmm. but that's more along the lines of what I would enjoy to play. And that if I'm doing a store championship, I don't need the world's invite anymore. Like mm -hmm. I would bring that type of list. Right. Um, and that's the type of list that if we were only having one scenario, I, I know that, okay, I can win with that type of list. But once you start adding, like, um, you know, different winning conditions and then it, um, it, it, it makes you be less specialized and more. Right. So, even across the board. So you feel that, that, um, because of the objectives that list building has become more, uh, more one tone, um, and less and less and less opportunities for niche lists to like make an impact. Is that kind of maybe what you're for, thinking? For people who are trying to win, yeah. For people who are trying to win, right? But, yeah. so, but like, I mean, like I said, you can go to a store championship and just have fun, and you can take whatever. But right. if your intention is to go to a store championship and win, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's objectively there's there's ships and archetypes that are objectively better than others. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if like I. I don't know like uh, how much I agree with that. Like I'm okay. Okay, that's not true. I definitely think there are definitely archetypes that are better than others for sure. Hundred percent. I'm curious about right? that. Uh, I, I think this might be your first. Uh, I don't know. Is it or is it not your first potty break? I, I gotta go pee. Sure. Like, In your we'll podcast. Take quick, we'll take a quick. We'll take a quick pause. Uh, yeah, it just need like two minutes. Sure. Well, I hope you had a great pee break there. Um, we're back for the, for the listeners. Um, yeah, that's what you get for getting uh, a 45 year old on here. Yeah. 45 as of, uh, three days ago. Oh, happy birthday. Welcome yeah. to, welcome to additional old age. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 40 this year. No, 41 this year. So I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm, I'm right on yeah. your heels, but well, no, you're 40, you're 40. At, once you hit 40, you start counting by fives. So you're Got 40 it. until you hit 45. Got and it. And then I'll be 45 until I hit 50. Right, 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 right. right, right. So I mean, you know, like, I don't know the rules. Like, that's why it's important to learn the rules, yeah, right? That's what I'm teaching you here. <laughs> okay. So um, when, before the potty break, uh, we, we were talking about... Well, I was about... talking about the, the, how, whether list building is more uh, to taste or more yeah. to uh, efficiency. I was yeah. saying that it's more to efficiency now, and you were starting to say that you disagree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, where we left off. Sure. I, okay. So, like, let me. I'm. I'm gonna throw some ideas out. You tell me. You know how you feel, whether or not that's that makes sense or not makes sense, right? Because, like, yeah. you know, I do think there are archetypes. You know, just like as has always been. There's always been archetypes that are you know dominant in the meta that they do better than others right this is a, a common thing it happens in all games and you know x-wing is no no stranger to those types of things right but i do think that like you know in the past when you were making an adjustment like you say like oh i'm gonna take this list and i'm making up this tweak usually that was a response to something else in the meta where you're like okay um 
you know, uh, uh, I think potential torpedoes are going to be really big. So I'm going to bring like something that specifically that can jam, right? Um, mm -hmm. because I think that I'm just going to run into this a lot. So we're just going to create a soft counter. So I'm going to add this like upgrade piece or whatever, I'm not going to change the archetype too much. Right. But I think that, um, and maybe this is, I, I feel like this is because of the load, the, the, the points loadout system, right. Where it's like mm -hmm. the 20 points plus like, you know, build to 20 and whatever. But like, I feel more strongly that now when you want to make um, an adjustment, so you might have the same archetypes, right? But an adjustment yeah. of the piece coming out is like, it's like an entire ship and, it, and like an entire ship can fly very differently. Right. Um, and that yeah. changes a whole bunch of different parts of the list to the point where the archetype might be the same, but the list effectively flies very differently. And that is more in line with, play individual player style because it's like okay like i maybe i make a pick like like as an example of the, the republic list you're talking about right it's like you know rick is a great piece but he wasn't pulling his weight and i would say that part of that attribution is more about how you fly your how your list is flying and less about the individual piece itself right um and so like how you're making it work within your list isn't working for you or it's not like flying the way that you want it to and then you're not getting the value out of it Right. That's how that. So that's my premise. Yeah. So here, here's my counter to that. Yeah. So my counter to that is, um, it makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. And, um, and I don't disagree with it. Like right now, if, if there's a lot of Han or, or there's, you know, there's something, mm -hmm. then you're like, mm -hmm. well, I need in order to compete, I need either beef or I need more beef or I need an I six like counterplay, right? Mm -hmm. So you take your two ships that are worth six points and you convert that into a you know into a Vader. That's no longer the same list. That's a completely yeah. different list because when you fly with Vader. So I understand that premise. So I, I get yeah. that. And I and I don't disagree with it. Where I disagree that 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 I'm saying that before it was more to your individual style of play sure is that uh before you had a style of play that you wanted to play right. you know, let's say i wanted to play a janky yv666 and like a, a bunch of weird stuff and do like combo wombo right you know like i'm gonna toss him until you know you know yeah, just, yeah. just do these weird combos that'll yes annihilate a ship uh back then that's that's the style of play that i wanted to play and if there was proton torpedoes and i needed to add a component to jam that off mm -hmm. or i needed to add a reinforce like coordinator to reinforce right. my boss or something like that it was still the same style of play that was unique that but i was just i wasn't changing the i was changing an upgrade i wasn't changing the entire list and it didn't fly completely different mm -hmm. Uh, it still flew the way that I wanted to fl fly. So that was yeah. unique. That, you know, that was like my style and that's what I wanted to fly. It was more unique to me. Right. Now, if if I if I had been, no, not now. Back then, if I had been forced to take off, you know, uh, that one of those ships, you know, Bosk, and put in something else to compete with the I-6, at that point, 
the list flies completely different, but it flies more in line with like what everyone else is flying because that's what mm -hmm. ev everyone else is flying, what you need and, you know, what you need to fly in order to do well with the four scenarios and with the current mm -hmm. point system. So that's, right. that's where I was coming from is that before making little tweaks didn't change the entire list. Right. But that's because you were starting with something that is unique to yourself. Like you, right. you wanted to fly scum, you wanted to fly Bosque, you wanted mm -hmm. to do combo wombo, um, and you tweak things to allow you to do that and be successful mm -hmm. in the meta. Right. Where now you have to change your art. Maybe you're not changing the archetype, but you're changing the play style to be more closer to what like, everyone else okay. is doing. And, and are you saying that 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 the reason why that is is because you have to like anticipate four objectives, like because so, you can't just. I, like... I think it's a combination of objectives and um, just the the whole uh, to twenty plus. You know, like right. you know, like every ship is like fully loaded type of thing. Right. Uh, another example would be like Sunterfell. Uh, Sunterfell. You know. Since first part is a good example, but you know, a ship mm -hmm. let's say a ship, a ship back then could be 20% of your list, you know, 20% mm -hmm. of your point allocation, sure, or you could load it up. Let's say use rack as an example, right? Rack is sure. a good example. So, rack right now is seven points, so he's going to be roughly 34% of your he's seven, right? Yeah, he's seven. So he's like closer to 34% of your list. Yeah. Uh, back in 2.0, if you wanted to fly rack, you had the choice of rack being 25% of your list or as much as like 51% of your list. Right. Based on how much emphasis you wanted to put on that ship right. and how much you wanted to, wanted to de-emphasize like the other ships. Right. Uh, that's where, I, and I understand like, you know, I, I understand some of the reasons why they did what they did. I'm not, mm -hmm. we're not having a conversation of right, wrong, or good or bad. We're right. just saying like a what's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the So result? that was like back. Yeah. Yeah. So back then you can have a choice of taking a ship, Defender Vader, Rack, or any of these ships mm -hmm. that had a lot of upgrade points or, or just had a high, you know, starting cost and be like, this is going to be 30% of my list. This is going to be 25% of my list. So this is going to mm -hmm. be. 55% of my list. Uh, that was the choice that you had. Now the ship has got a stationary mm -hmm. allocation of right. percent of hull. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, I, I get it. And so, okay, I, you know, it's kind of funny because like it feels like this is something that could be in even in the existing point system, right? This is something that could be like solved to a degree if we had more than one version of the pilot right with different with different up like so like if so let's say i'm gonna i'm gonna like give you an example right so um let's talk about rack for example right if they had like now i'm not talking about a standard loadout i'm talking about if there was a rack that just basically was the one that you see right now which is the seven point version right um, with all the upgrades, but then they also released a right at the right, right, right beside it, um, same pilot, same pilot card, just no upgrade slots and no loadout, and they made that five points, 
right? So that you would have the you would have the option. Is that the kind of thing that would alleviate it? Because I, I actually don't think that it would because like you then you still you still have to like because of the thing the specific problem that you're talking about about flying the list to more to more to make your um to make to 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 handle all the objectives i think that's the bigger problem is that like yeah i can get the two extra points but that's not going to necessarily mean that i'm going to fly the list differently than other people because i have to make sure that i have a a plan for every single objective setup right um yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah and i was just talking about like Mm -hmm. list building and stuff like that uh i don't even know how we got exactly on that but the um the the scenarios are more the reason why you're not you're not building to taste not so much because of the point allocation you're building you're 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 falling into line with like the right because of the because of because of the objectives because you have to be well-rounded across the board you can't be right um you you can't be a specialist anymore you you know a specialist will will ultimately lose in objectives that Mm -hmm. put a put that specialist in you know you you can't do a straight art dodging you know sunterfell sienery uh vader and then just say like i'm gonna out initiative you and now arc you arc dodge you whatever uh because you're gonna run into assault and then you're gonna have three three chunky arc 170s just collecting mm-hmm. points while you're out here trying to you know not get shot you know it's so, just not gonna win so I, i'm not i'm not disagreeing with your point although i will push back a little bit and saying that like uh i don't like your example because like i have flown what is effectively like aces in resistance against arcs in assault and one and like done it like frequently enough that I don't think it's a fluke, right? Um, so I'm I'm gonna push back on that example, but the premise of your idea I do agree with it. So like you, it is much harder to build specialist lists now because you have to still have a game plan for all of the scenarios, and some of the scenarios are dramatically, um, dramatically uh, uh, disadvantaged for those specialist lists, right? And it's not just aces. Like there yes. are other specialists as well that like don't function very well under all objectives. Uh, yeah. And no. And, and I mean, and that's not to say that that you can't do well. It's that it's not. You know, you're you're in an uphill climb. Yes. By trying to do so, and if you want to put yourself in the best position to win, you're going to take something that is more jack of all trades, come on all, you know, take taking all commerce or whatever the. Right. Um, the, you know, the phrases yeah um maybe it's like the the maybe it comes down to again like you know what are you trying to do are you just trying to win or are you trying to win a certain way right and like one is hard mm-hmm. like obviously one is harder than the other but they both have their own kind of like different um pathways to success right um yeah, yeah. i i mean so uh i have i have very often talked about um this this specific thing aces in uh um in mm-hmm. x-wing and i've had it with duncan i've had it with so many people and on this podcast so i'm not going to rehash it here you and i can talk about it further off offline mm-hmm. um but you know i do think that in general the, the gist of it is that like there are archetypes that are that are viable 
you need to have a very strong strategy behind it. Um, and and mm -hmm. like in the specific example of aces, it, four ship aces is very doable, but you need enough firepower to justify not having a fifth ship, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have that, then it doesn't work. And so that does limit the amount of aces that are are viable. But to be fair, even in 2.0, there were only ever certain aces that could ever work. Like you never had like seven or eight ace choices in in two There was like three or four ace choices in in two point right? No, that I mean you're not, you're not, you're not lying about that. I mean there's always yeah. you know points will always there's always going to be stuff that's efficient and stuff that's yeah. not. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we were just talking about well, I was talking about more about like being able to. Your original question was like flying yeah. something that's specialized and unique to your yeah, play yeah. style versus flying something that is, you know, broader um yes you know more falling in line with what everyone else would play yes. so that was the original question so yes 100 like, well, which i, I agree with i agree with your i agree with your statement 100 right yeah um you know it has it that is interesting that is an interesting um like observation and like and, and in some way simultaneously criticism of like what we've had as scenario play i think for the most part people have um been very uh positive about scenarios because it does vary the type of play you see in a tournament setting dramatically because like people have to fly different formations and stuff like that stuff like that and that forces the game to be feel more dynamic um but you're right it does have it potentially does have a negative effect on overall list design right um, yeah do you and, and, it, and i mean it, it i'm not you know the the question was what the question was it wasn't mm -hmm. a good mm -hmm. bad is this you you, you right. didn't ask this is a good thing or is this I'm, a bad i'm thing still not asking that right yeah like, yeah you were asking like is it more unique to your play style or is yeah, it more yeah. like yeah, following yeah. the line yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know so the, it, it wasn't it wasn't a criticism or a or a compliment it was neither sure. it was a like well I think I think I mean it's okay. So the thing is, I don't think it's bad if it is a criticism. I think that's okay. Like I think criticisms are fine because um, mm -hmm. if it is something that is detrimental or causing a detriment to the game, um, and we're just looking at it objectively, that's fine. I think the problem with you know a lot of the criticisms that have come away is a lot of them are not really criticisms. A lot of them have just been like things that people are just saying off the cuff because they don't like X, Y, or Z, right? Um, but I yeah. don't think this is like that. I think this is like, okay, well, we've seen the cause and effect of what's happening. And okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Like, how do we address it? Like, because um, I don't think, I don't think, like the answer is not get rid of objectives. Like the objective has a huge positive benefit to the game, which can't be ignored, right? So the answer is, so the question is more, okay, well, now that we see this discrepancy, what do we do about it, right? Is the answer, for example, more objectives? Or is it less objectives? Or is it like maybe like, um, some other mechanic that we layer in that can allow ships this to become more specialized, right? Um, yeah. Because like, so I, I, I've, I've two things. Yeah. One of them is, um, you know, I do have a lot of criticism. I don't usually talk about it in DSP because, again, it's more of a censored. Uh, That's okay. Or actually, give, give me all your dirt. Not, not censored. Give it to me now. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I wouldn't say censored. Let me. It's more a reserved. I think reserved. Okay. Or politically correct. Politically sure. correct is probably the best way to say it. Okay. It's more of a politically correct environment. Um, so I do have like feelings and thoughts and 
uh, unhappiness about the general state of X-Wing. Uh, but it, I, I'll tell you right now, it has nothing to do with the in-game design and in-game choices and in-game changes. Yeah, I think the game is fine. I think there's yeah. there could be improvements, and I think there could be yes. additional tweaks. Uh, I think the biggest, my biggest gripe, uh, just from a game design standpoint, yes. is the, um, you know, they've added so many things that improve the game having to do with variants. Yes. Like the variants being like, you don't know if it's a 72 minute game or a 78 minute game. Yes. You don't know if it's going to be this mission or that mission. Like, yeah, there's a lot of variants or you don't know if you're going to move first or second. Like, yeah, there's so much variance uh, that I think is a good thing mm-hmm. because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you like, it, it makes right. it less predictable. In my opinion, like chaos, I love chaos. Like, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that unpredictability. Yes. Uh, so being that I love chaos, and maybe this is just my personal feeling more than like what other people would agree with, is I would love to see more uh, more changes to the point structure or more changes to the uh, just points in general, ships, you know, which ships are good, which ships are bad, what are they costed at, uh, Try, you know, what happens if we make generics good for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most fun that... I have, and I think just objectively looking at like the chatter, I guess, like the, you know, in, in Twitch or whatever you would, not Twitch, in Twitter, you would say like, you know, it's trending or not. Yeah. Uh, you see the most activity right after a ship release or right after a points change. Yeah. So right after a ship release or right after a points change, you go to the GSP looking for game group and you're going to see 20 people playing on tabletop simulator at any given time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, you know, I'm playing in a league with uh, Nick Sperry. And when I went in to open my game, it was two people. It was my game and somebody else's game. Like, that's, for me, the part that bothers me. is I would love to open up Tabletop Simulator and see 15, 20, 25, 30 games happening on a random, you know, Wednesday night instead of two. Sure. Uh, I would want to go for looking. There's so many times that I go into the LFG, into the looking for great, look looking for game, uh, page, and mm-hmm. I'll post, and it's like an hour and a half later, and nobody responded, and you know, uh, just yeah. you basically don't play. So that's the part that I don't like, and and I think when you shake up the uh, the etch and sketch, you know, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. when you shake it up. Like people get excited, like, oh, what am I going to build now? What's going to work? You know, yeah. and then, uh, you know, you got a podcast now. We have a podcast. Like, it gives you something to talk about. Like, you know, and then people are, are jumping into the podcast and listening in, or they're going into the, uh, I don't know what page is called now, but like the old uh, MyNAC page and talking about like all the new stuff that are coming out. You know, it, it brings excitement, it brings, yeah, activity and, uh, going, you know, nine months with no changes is just boring. Yeah, we've we've learned that not we've learned that three months is probably too short for a meta, and nine months is yeah. definitely too long for a meta, right? Yeah. So the so the answer is somewhere in the middle, but but we don't know where exactly. But definitely, we need we need something we need something to change, right? Yeah, you need a shakeup because that gets. And it doesn't even have to be a lot. It can be just, you know, 
for example, what would happen? You know that scum is the only scum and CIS are the ones that are struggling right now. Yes, of course. What would happen if you only make uh, a point change to scum only, and then yeah. scum is the only yeah. faction that gets you know like uh, big buff. So it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go in and like reinvent the wheel every time. You can go in there and just or or you go in and you take like a very common upgrade uh, i don't even know what a common upgrade would be right now but you take a very common upgrade let's say plasma torpedoes plasma is pretty common mm -hmm. or you take saturation sabo or something that you know and you just change that then you do like a change like that maybe once a month yeah. something that's not going to shake up the meta but it's gonna it's not going to shape up you know if you're flying first order or if you're not flying that upgrade it's not going to make an impact on you sure but it's 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 a, it's a constant evolution yeah. and it keeps you on your toes yeah, and yeah, it keeps yeah. guessing and it, it keeps a little bit of that variance and rng of yeah. like uh I, the ability I I, to come and show up at a tournament with like the wacky stuff that you never do yeah. like yeah. yeah that's that i think me, i think i know what you're that. talking about um and I, I so you know this is like a really interesting thought because maybe maybe we can do some of this with without amg's help too because like hear me out all right this is off the cuff this is a wild idea right this is the hottest it takes right <laughs> literally I'm, I'm cooking okay i'm cooking so what if we did it so that you know you know people are are always derail like you know it's always tough like for a tournament setting to do like alt formats but you know we've seen plenty of people who are running extended or whatever right if we're going mm -hmm. to be having these like once per year or once like you know once eight with eight nine months of, for like point, a points update but if we're feeling that the points in general are balanced right and we just made uh like okay like as you're saying like every month one upgrade is like plus or minus points right so let's say for example magpulse magpulse is a great upgrade because like Magpulse has a definite impact on the meta without itself being a huge meta shift on its own, right? Because mm -hmm. if you if you make Magpulse cheap enough that it can fit onto most ships, and most ships are suddenly carrying Magpulse, and then it's like, oh, well, suddenly now there's like a huge um, way to get jam on like any list that you want, right? That has a huge impact on on what becomes viable or what, what doesn't without changing archetypes necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. um, like for example, like because that could mean like oh bombers, Thai bombers are no longer viable because you may not have the focus because mag pulses might hit you before you get a chance to shoot, right? Mm -hmm. um, or something like um, uh, you know something like that where like we just take one upgrade once a month and we say well for this month mag pulse is like two points less, right? Yeah, and then we just do it like we just have it in there, right? Um, that would be a bitch for me to program, but <laughs> theoretically we could do it, right? Um, and then, uh, and then like the, or, and then like the next month, it's like, okay, Magpulse is back up to normal points, but, um, uh, Afterburners is down, down two points, right? Now suddenly mm -hmm. a whole bunch of ships that you could not take Afterburners before can now take it. And then that changes how we, how we're building, right? And it doesn't last that yeah. long. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe one month is too short, but maybe it's two months, but like, yeah, you know. like, like three months, like, like a quarterly something. And, and, yeah. and that even gives you just even talking about it, just like the sound of it gives you the, um, it sounds, it, the, the sound of it gives you the impression of seasons. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's something that we don't have. We don't have seasons. Yeah, yeah. So if you look right. at video games, you look at like Path of Exile, Diablo, yeah, 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 yeah. 
World of Warcraft, like any of these, like the the, yeah, the yeah. multiplayer games, or even like League of Legends or whatever. Like like yeah. they have seasons, and yes. in seasons, it's like oh, in this season, we're focusing yeah. on on magic and on yeah. you know, like uh, so the magicians are going to get this, or the wizards yeah, are going to yeah. get that. So um, and so the, and there's continuous. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like it. There's I like a con- it. continuous shifting of balance All right. versus just letting things go stale. All right. So here's how we're going to make. So, so, so now oh. I'm really cooking. Now I'm really cooking. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. The cabal for this, for this, because this, because this could be just an alt tournament format. Right. And sure. so, so the cabal for, for managing this could be GSP, me, because I have to like update Yasby. Um, yeah. And we get one other big group. Right, um, probably like an overseas group, right? Maybe like the mm-hmm. one eight six, right? Um, we just you we just objectively decide on which upgrade, and it's like they don't have to. It's not a mandatory event thing, right? But like you know, collectively as a community, we just agree. Like, yeah, if you're gonna run a tournament, this is an option as a tournament. And then if we're getting stale with the standard meta, we just do this one, and it just happens. Mm-hmm. It just because it's only like if it's only like one upgrade or like you know one thing that's being changed right yeah then it totally works like it's not very much upkeep from the from the from the cabal's perspective to like pick an upgrade and just be like okay this is the one for the spring season right this is the one for the summer season right um and we just like keep it between us and then we just announce it as a thing i make an update on yasby and it's just an option that you click to be okay is it the spring season 2024 this this version okay that means this upgrade is cheaper right and then people could just list build for that or not list build for that, and tournament organizers have the option of which tournament they want to run, right? Yeah. No, I mean that 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 does sound fun. It it sounds fun, and I think that would be. Um, I'm not a TO, but for somebody sure. who's interested, at, you know, again, talking to Nick Sperry, I know he's very active in like, saying, right. you know, building yeah, yeah, tournaments yeah. lately. Yeah. Uh, he's doing the league now, and then you know, there's the different ones, um, right. uh, Hexiles and so not Hexile. Right. What was it? Uh, Oh, Nickel City. There you go. Nickel City. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a few of them that are out there, like actively trying to create tournaments. And right. for them, like, it would be fun to give them like a, um, like, like you said, a season. It's like maybe yeah, two yeah. and a half month seasons, and then like a couple weeks off. Yeah. And yeah. say this season, you know, it's it's, it's boosty season. You were talking about afterburners, or it's right. you know ordinance season, or right. Uh, you know. Whatever it is, like it's it's just like one thing. It doesn't change anything else. Like you just sure. from a, from a I I had no idea. I'm not even gonna try to ah. guess like programming right. and coding. But from right, a right, right. Uh, list building perspective, it's just like one one yeah. change, but one change that is yeah across all across factions all, and all it's yeah exactly like like a like a ge- generic upgrade. Yes, uh, but it's a generic upgrade that that has yeah. potential of being meaningful. It would be it would be like the tournament that they had where Leia was zero points, right? Like, yeah, suddenly I remember like, that one, right? Like suddenly, it's and like, actually, oh, Leia, that's that's what I was thinking about too. Like, yeah, the, yeah, the, right? uh, I, yeah. Wasn't that that they actually did that officially at a Worlds? Right? Yes, that, the, not at a Worlds, but at a major event they did that tournament, right? And no, so, it was at Worlds. It was, was the it, um, it was the one where like all the like the system open winners, they come and they play against each other. It's not actually worlds, but it's like, like if okay. you won sure, the, sure. something like that, it was yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah. But 
my, my point is, is that I think we could do that ourselves. Like it doesn't require AMG to come. I don't think we need to wait for AMG to do that for us. I think that's something that's manageable within our, within the existing architecture layer. Right. Cause even like, um, even like a world qualifier, there's technically nothing stopping you from running an extended event for a world qualifier. I don't no, think yeah, I, there's right. nothing in the rule saying that, which means there's no, theoretically a store championship for sure. Yeah. Right. Like, so technically you could do that with these points for that anyways. Mm -hmm. And we, we all agree, this is not what's going to happen for worlds, which is fine. Right. But like, I think if we're, if we're looking at to have a continued, you know, setup where it's going to be eight months or longer for each points update. Right. And this is what AMG wants to do. Right. Then mm -hmm. I think that this is something that we can just do ourselves, and it doesn't require us to like petition them. I don't think we need to wait for them. I think we can just start to make this happen if we have enough people who have enough influence to like to basically say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is something we can do, right? So, um, yeah. So now I'm really cooking. So we'll see if, if after this episode <laughs> releases, if anybody thinks that this is a good idea. And probably most people will say like, "Shut up, Rathos. Get, get, go back to your corner and keep working on Yasby." But, <laughs> um, but I, I honestly, I think it's like a kind of a dope concept, and I think that you know yeah. we have the right people backing it. Like you know, if, if if I'm backing it, you're backing it. If we get Andre on board, right? If like you know, from from um, what's it called? Uh, um, Oh man, uh, my competitor. Oh, I can, why am I blanking on it? Um, uh, Roll better? No, no, no. The the, the other builder. Oh, the oh, 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 the launch bay, launch bay, launch bay. So you know, you know, we get all these people on board. The people who are the most influential in the community, and we t and we and one eight six and you know your your group, and we say like, look, this is what we want to do. We just want to pick one upgrade every couple of months that you know we're gonna delete points on, right? Or make an upgrade unplayable too. Right, like you know, something that is like really good that we just say like, no, you you can't use this upgrade because it's going to be like four yeah. extra points, right? So yeah. like, so yeah, and, I, and I like the Leia example. Like everybody gets a free, you know, uh, one example could be like a, a one charge contraband cybernetics, right? Like yeah, saying like, oh, now everyone's going to have like one free K turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For right. the season, like right, yeah. Uh, well, and there I are, mean, I'm not saying that's what it is, but it could be anything like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of there's a bunch of upgrades that don't see play because they're too expensive, right? And mm -hmm. and legitimately, if if those upgrades were playable, like that would have a huge impact on how like what what would be what would be viable, what would be not viable, right? So, um, you know, and as long as we don't do things like touch shield upgrade, like I think we'll be good, mm -hmm. right? Like there are clearly some 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 upgrades that if we touched it would be bad for the game, right? But there's well that and also they don't they're not a mechanic like hull upgrade shield upgrade like they're not really a mechanic they don't enable or anything it's just like an extra yeah. shield like they don't they don't add like an extra element of the game or they don't right it's just right yeah like it would be crazy if there was a of like for example if we made tack uh, tactical scrambler like minus two points so that actually gives loadout right <laughs> right um so like yeah. like that's the kind of stuff that we could do it would be it would be totally reasonable to to make it happen and since there's no official builder since they're like since um since there's no rules unless having alt formats where specific things are in place and we and if we, uh -huh. if we collectively as a big unit start talking about this alt format and be like okay well you know um there's the official format and then if you're bored of that but you also want to 
you know play with a little bit of a different point structure we have this this format right it's like mm. as long as it's not too like too invasive like the problem with something like for example like x-wing legacy is that it's too invasive mm. right it's too far removed from the official format so like things are going to well get i think it's different. not only too far removed i think it has the stigma of being anti like, yeah, well, like, I mean, even yeah, if we ignore that, that, right? Yeah. Let's say it was pro 2.5, like, and like everyone and everyone, like, ignore the political aspects yeah. of it. The fact is, is the, the structure is so vi wildly different that you would, if you wanted to play in worlds, you have to build completely different lists. Whereas in this case, mm -hmm. you might be playing this, building the same list, but now they have, to have a different flavor to them because one upgrade is cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we're not straying too much from the from the base format, which is I think important because yeah. you still want to get the reps in for worlds prep. You still want to like potentially participate in the the opens, right? And so those might not be able to like use the alt format, but you're not. It's like the difference of playing like hyperspace lists and ex in extended from like 2.0, right? Yeah. So so like you know I like I like this. I'm I'm cooking. I'm, I'm building on your day. I think this is a great idea. Okay. I think that we can. We can uh, maybe see if we can do something about this, right? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll be down. I'll, 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 and it sounds fun. Like I said, for me, mostly like the the thing that I get bored easy. That's why I always yeah. swap lists around because I get bored really easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just having the same, you know, I don't always have the same list. I've been going to store championships a lot here because Chicago. Luckily, we have a ton. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that I bring the same list because I don't, because I get too bored and I bring all different stuff. Mm -hmm. I get bored playing against playing against the same list, and that's where stuff, I yeah. get stuck. It's like, like I might bring a different list every time, but I'm always gonna see the opponents yeah. playing yeah. the exact same thing. Like, I'm always gonna play the five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah five I, I resistance. Totally you know, five republic or six republic. Right. Uh, Vader Double bombers. Bombs. Yeah, Rebel yeah. Han with, you know, either Rebel plus three or Rebel plus, I mean, yeah, Han yeah. plus three, Han plus four. Yes. Uh, you, you're going to get the same stuff. And yes. Um, yes, that makes the tournaments a lot less fun. Sure. And, that, and, you know, that's a natural, that is a natural thing that happens with any meta over time is eventually things get distilled down to, you know, the top three or four lists. Um and, you know, I think, you know, having been such a long time, we are now at that point where it's like, okay, we mm -hmm. do need the shakeup. We need the shakeup soon, right? Hopefully we get yeah. it, right? Like, we don't know what AMG is doing, but... Um, uh, yeah, I doubt. You know. I mean, being that we're in January and, Mar and Worlds is in March, like, I doubt we'll get any major shakeup. You're, prob that, but... you're probably right. I, I honestly would welcome it. I, even if like mm. if it was a month oh me too before, I love it I would I would prefer a fresh new meta for worlds rather than something that we really understand really well um, I think that I think that um, there is a still a small chance that we see battle over Endor sometime in before before February and is that with the one that, with Lando on it that's the one with the 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 new Wedge Antilles. And the new Lando. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think whatever was like leaked. There were some leaks. Europe, there were some leaks. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. there is a small chance that that releases pre February, right? Mm -hmm. In the next month and a half, right? And if that does release and then AMG simultaneously does a big points update around that time, we could see a big meta. We could see a big points updates for, for, 
for before worlds, right? That it is possible. Fun. It is possible. I'm yeah. not saying it's and, gonna and, happen. I, and I'll tell you this. Yeah. Like I would love to have analytics on this. And uh, you have some analytics available to you through like oh, Yasby, yes. like how many people yes. are coming in and and uh we, we can talk uh, about like that post my podcast. IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give you my IP address and you'll be like, oh, you have nine Yasby <laughs> things open right now. Well, I do I actually have nine open right now. Uh because I'm trying to like tweak nine versions of the same thing. Like yes. Uh but yeah, like um if you saw the analytics, I, I you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that the analytics probably quadruple uh you know the week after a a release or a point something. Of course. It's just it's just natural. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just natural. Yeah, yeah. Not as but not as you... not as much as you might think. But yes, of course there's a big bump after the after the points yeah. update. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, and if you and if you do that more often, then there would be yes. Those bumps would be more frequent. Maybe they not they maybe they may not be as exaggerated. Yes. But they would be more frequent. And yes. those more frequent bumps are probably like when you're looking at the like, um, a, you know, the long the, the long curve of a, like a product cycle, mm -hmm. like it might extend the product cycle of, you know, like yeah. the attention span of people and being like, ah, this has been nine months. I'm going to go and I'm going to try, you know, Legion or something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I do think that that so the, that's true. That's true. Like, you know, at, at some point you will you will have built all the lists you want to build. And if there's nothing else to build and there's no, there's no movement, then mm -hmm. you might as well move on to something else. Right. Cause you're not, and yeah. you just come yeah. back to it when it's updated. Right. Yeah. Or you find that you, you found another game and you're enjoying it and uh, you know, you just stick with that other game. Right. You know, it's just like the natural atrophy of, yeah. of games as they evolve. Sure. sure. And, 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 to that point, a lot of people, so we're seeing a lot more people who are coming back from 1.0 to 2.5. And part of that is because big change caught their attention, right? They had left because, because honestly, there was a big atrophy in 1.0 to 2.0 as well, right? Yeah, like, yeah there's I don't a lot think, of people left, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think enough changed in 2.0. Like there were some big structural changes, but functionally the game felt very similar other than the fact that they had removed all the BS, right? So um so like and uh, that people who were playing in that time period a lot of the changes because they were good changes right but mm -hmm. I, it would also seemed like at that time a natural stepping away point for a lot of 1.0 players because it was like yeah i'm good i'm not nothing about this necessarily excites me because it's not necessarily new stuff right yeah right. it's like the um you know like the sunk cost sunk cost fallacy Yes. Like I've invested so much time into this that I'm afraid to walk away. Yeah. But when then there's a uh, an event that occurs, like a 2.0, 2.5, yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. There's an event that occurs. Yes. And you have to reinvest. It's like at that point, that's another reason why people step away. Are like, you know, I've been kind of like feeling a little bored with X-wing for a while, mm -hmm. uh, but I've invested so much and I have all these things. Yeah. That I, you know, I feel like I need to play. And yeah. then at some point there's like a change and like, oh, things change, you know, it's like, it's yep. a motivation or a cost. It's like the trigger point yeah. for people to kind of like fulfill on something they already wanted to do anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gives you the excuse and, to, to make a move. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, all all those things are hard to predict. Whether you if you make a change, mm -hmm. if it's going to like trigger that, or yes. if it's going to trigger old people to come back or new people of to course. be like, hey, what is this? And so and, it's, it's, and it's also it can be both. Balance, yeah. It can be both too, right? It's just like yeah. you know, which one is more dominant, right? Yeah, you just hope it's a net positive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say for sure that like I think that um I think that the the long-term strategy uh that AMG has decided to employ is good. Um like having the new starters, having a like a better throughput a way to get into tournaments, supporting OP. I think that's like the right the right decision. Um but it's really tough to know what exactly is going to happen in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really kind of going to come down to, you know, how much how much new product are we going to get? What is I mean, a lot of these things are we don't know until Adepticon. So like, it's not a lot of point yeah. in kind of like speculating. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say that like, regardless of what happens, the game is going to be continue to be fun anyways, right? So it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. like you know, if if we if the community can can hold that up, then it it won't X Wing won't ever be like something that we can't enjoy right and um and that yeah. and that stepping away i mean, I mean it might it might get it might get more like niche and more you know it might I mean, get niche and small and sure. more but it's you know there's all, it's already too yeah right. yeah it is uh which is kind of sad i mean it used to be the number two game i think behind uh warcraft or or warhammer i think warhammer, warhammer. Yeah. yeah um but but yeah, I mean, it's get, it's gotten more niche, and it probably will continue to get more niche unless something happens. Like there's a, I, I, it's um, probably still number two in player base. Um, you think but, so? Pro, so here's my here's my here's my caveat, right? So it's probably number two in player yeah. base, but by any metric that you can evaluate, mm -hmm. is only really only sales, and in sales, it definitely is dropped off because they haven't been enough product, and the product that they have released hasn't really sold that much, right? Because like the because you need something that the entire player base will want to buy as opposed to just segment. Mm -hmm. like one of the big problems with 2.0 in my opinion so this is a, the, the, me putting the game designer hat on right and like the sales the sales business side of things right so they made so they segmented their audience into seven sections right because seven factions mm -hmm. right so if you make any product you can only you can only um you can only so sell it's one it to seventh. one seventh of the of the of the and yeah, before yeah. in 1.0, Xen was three factions, right? And God forbid you get something that can be supported by two factions, right? Or four it was four factions. But in the 1.0, there was Scum, Empire, and Rebels, and Epic. That's no, still no, three and, and you're, no, 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 no. You're, you're right? talking no, you're talking business now. Yeah. Uh, and, and that that's like my sweet spot there. Yeah, so yeah. when you're talking business, X-Wing, when I started playing, X-Wing was yeah, four yeah. factions. It was True. Scum, Empire, Rebel, or Scum, Good Guys, Bad Guys, yeah, yeah. and uh, Epic. And the reason I say Epic, um, if you were only playing Rebel, and that was the build, you know, you still had to buy an Empire ship to get this upgrade. You still had to buy uh, a, yeah, a yeah. Um, an Epic ship to get C-3PO and Darth Vader. Okay. Or Emperor Palpatine. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, so from a business perspective, yeah. there was an incentive uh, to your point. Instead of like yeah. segmenting your audience into like seven, yeah. there was an incentive for you, even if you were only playing one faction, yes. to buy uh, the other factions. Other, yeah, yeah. And for example, I never played Epic, so 
I would I bought the the destroyer or whatever, like the big thing. Yeah. And I bought them. I pulled everything that I needed out of it, and mm -hmm. then I sold the ships on eBay to whoever was collector or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, AMG or AMG FFG didn't FFG. care that I sold. Yeah, they didn't care yeah. that I sold um, because I bought it from them. Yeah, exactly. If, if I sold it to somebody that just wanted to play the without the cards, yeah, yeah, yeah they got yeah. their sale. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So from a business perspective, there was yeah. a lot more incentive for you to buy things because they were smart. Like they would launch a a, a product and they would, they would put um, a card in there that you yeah, needed yeah. for a 100%. completely different faction. One hundred percent. Like so, which was so smart. It was a better business practice. It was more anti-consumer, but like, you know, you know, you talk about like 2016 when that, that, that thing went up saying that X-Wing was the most highest grossing selling product for miniatures, right? And it's like, yeah, because mm -hmm. their business practice sell to the whole audience, right? It was yeah. something that could sell to the whole audience. So the entire, you know, group. And so like now when you release product, a, a seventh of that group is going to play it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the FOMO aspect was real. Like mm -hmm. if they released an item and it had an upgrade, you just bought uh, it. Let's say like, it, yeah. Cause if you did not have that upgrade, you didn't want to show up at that tournament at the not next tournament without that yeah. one upgrade. Yeah. yeah. And it's right. like, yeah, it's like whatever it was, it was like, the, what, what do they call it? Those missiles that everybody hated. Um, uh, harpoon, harpoon missiles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they released a ship that had harpoon missiles, and now nobody wanted that ship. But hey, I need the harpoon missile because I can't go to my tournament without a harpoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So. And and think about it this way too, right? So like, um, you know, I so I've said this on the podcast several times, but you haven't heard this, and I think you'll like this, right? So, I think the mm -hmm. mentality of a of a of an X wing player is very different from a standard miniatures because. Um, in a miniatures thing, you're more focused on the hobby aspect of it, like the painting, the, mm. the, 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 you know, the construction and like all that stuff. And X-Wing players are more um, collectors because, you know, it's a miniature that is already pre-built. It looks great. It's something that you want to put on your stand and, you're, you're, and you want to collect them all. So it's very much mm. like that. So that mentality of like, I want to have one of everything, right? And so... Uh, you know, you get the one thing, you know, well, what I want this one, then I get this one, I want with this one. So like, that's like very much the mentality of an X-Wing player, right? Um, and well, how do you boost sales? Well, you boost sales by including exclusive only items within those packages to incite them to want to buy more than one of that item, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, again, still very much in the collector mindset, right? So like you, when you do that with, you do that with CCGs all the time yeah. where they have like booster runner packs and stuff like that, where it's like special one of like box toppers and that kind of stuff, right? Exclusive items that are only available and you have to buy multiple to get multiple, right? And so this is the mentality that's perfect for an X-Wing player, but they did in 1.0 that they abandoned in 2.0 um, yeah. because they maybe un, un, uncorrect incorrectly listen to player feedback of like not liking that because it is pretty anti-consumer right yeah it is it is and i'll give i'll give you one up on that uh on, on um you know that type of business practice that people would complain about anti-consumer yes. as you want to say people would complain about but it would completely shift the dynamic of um uh of just the economy of x-wing yeah is if tournament play produced playable components that are unique to tournament play. Right. right. 
So, for example, Magic the Gathering is one of the ones that does that. If you attend the tournament and you win a sword championship, you get a playable card that is a unique card. Um, you know, you get Boba Fett back. You know, you shoot something and you can, you know, jettison a, remember the old 1.0 uh, Boba Fett card? Yeah. That Paul Heber had. Like, you get a card that is playable that not everyone is going to have access to and you're going to be able to play at a tournament and that's going to give you an advantage. Of course, you don't want to make it OP to the point where it's like, you know, like it's an auto include on everything, but it's mm -hmm. a, it's an additional choice that other people don't have. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that fear of missing out or the fear of not having gets yeah. installed. And, and you put that as part of the store kits and you're like, well, we're going to run a store championship and, um, you know, uh, the, the two finalists get this playable card that's only yeah. available in the set. Yeah. Uh, and it's a playable card. It's going to be tournament legal. Uh, yes. And, you know, again, you don't want to do something that is like so ridiculously powerful, yeah. but something that's meaningful. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a one charge boost for five points or something like that. Yeah. Like you're going to have tournaments with you know 20 25 30 people because yeah the, you know store you know invite to worlds is cool people want the but, cards but yeah. now you have the card that you can play you know the, what the, the game component i love this idea in fact i love this idea so much that i think that this idea is better than a world's invite i actually think they should replace the world's invite with this concept because the world invite i don't like it partly because um, it dilutes the value of going to worlds, all right, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it also um, it also like enforces a really weird, a weird weird meta, like because like now everyone's like got to play hyper focused because they need their worlds invite to make it into the world, so they got to win at the store level, right? Um, I think that that's like not good for local, like, uh, or local there's... communities, right? Like yeah, small like games, here like Chicago is different. Level. Sure. Yeah. So here Chicago is different. Like I said, we've had maybe like fifteen different store championships, mm -hmm. um, and they've all been very competitive and very well attended. Mm -hmm. But that's because uh, uh, Worlds is happening in Chicago, so the Chicago yeah. tournaments are like, yeah, because uh, you go to Worlds, yeah, it's just down the street. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But you go somebody in California, they may, or even somebody in Europe, like. They get a world's invite in Europe. It's like, okay, Doesn't great. I got a world's invite. What does that mean? I got to spend twenty five hundred dollars to go there mm -hmm. and then take yeah. a week off of work. Like, yes, like it's not really a prize. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but but a uh, but a unique upgrade to tournaments would be um, very attractive to everybody, right? Because yeah. it's like everyone would see the value in that. And additionally, it doesn't even hurt the 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 tabletop player like the kitchen table player because if they wanted to use it they just print it off of yasby right yeah like or you want to do yes and you want to like explore with it on tps and stuff like that like you can't yeah. do that like yeah you exactly can't. or you can just print out uh and i'll i'll go one step further and say i said i know this was a magic gathering thing magic yeah. gathering puts in like special cards that yeah, yeah do that i'm gonna say that ffg actually did that as well sure yeah yeah I mean, in virtue of uh, store championships, gave you a card that you can redeem for a buy on a regional. Regionals gave you a card that you can redeem for a buy at a national. Yeah. 
yeah. national KBO card that you can redeem for a buy at Worlds. Yeah. Uh, so it may not have been a playable card, but it was a a card with value. A, a card with value towards the next event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they did it by giving you buys, like store yeah, yeah, yeah. regional, like it, like yeah, it filtered yeah, yeah. up. And those weren't, I mean, those were big. Like I remember, um, yeah, going to a regional and being like, just showing up, giving your card, be like, ah, I'm going to go sit down, have a coffee while you guys are yeah, playing yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it could be, you know, they FFG did that, but I think, a play a, a playable component uh that is you know exclusive yes would completely tickle the mind of every uh collector of every competitive person or or of every uh person that just has to have everything and be like mm-hmm. or even the casuals um uh as much as you know you want to say it's important or not important the resale value of it like yeah. if it's exclusive, being able to resell it, people would want to get it because they know that they can sell it for more. Just like with like dice, you get a nice fancy dice, you're gonna, yeah, you know, be able to sell it and get some money for it. Like there's just so much incentive that it would offer that, uh, and it would filter down because then the store kits would have more value, that more people would go to play, and then the mm-hmm. stores would ideally sell more yeah, product. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah like yeah, filter yeah. down. I agree. I think that that kind of stuff would be dope. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's that. I mean, honestly, like, there's a lot that we can do with it. I think that um, obviously we have no control over that. Like, this this is the kind of thing that AMG has to, like, kind of, like, figure out on their own. Or hopefully, you know, they just happen to listen to us and then they can just kind of steal their ideas. We give you permission. Please do it. Um, you know, but... You know, I, I just think that, like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, interesting things that we can do um, and things that they have done that they could bring back, like, that FG had done that they can bring back um, to make this game, like, more and more successful. But just, it's just a reality that, like, the there is a lot of opportunity for um, more growth and things that we can do to get more growth, both in, like, both financially for them and both, like, for the tournament scene and the local scene, right? Um so we'll just have to see what they want to do. Like 2024 is going to be a big, mm-hmm. big year for determining what that looks like. Um, and then, you know, uh, and let's let's say like in the worst case scenario, I think that you and I just today have come up with some like great ideas that if even if we're not happy with what AMG is decided to do in 2024, that we can find a way to still make the X-Men community thrive. Right. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of stuff that we can do ourselves that, you know, doesn't doesn't rely on on AMG to to make work and we're we're hoping that they're gonna come up with a big points update before worlds <laughs> all right oh yeah yeah all right i think we've been talking for a good amount of time i um mm-hmm. obviously we could keep going and you know but uh i i tend to try to like c- count it out at two hours i think everyone got fatigued from chris allen's uh three-hour podcast so um i'm gonna call it here Thank chris you allen s- you had him for three hours yeah you want to go are. three hours you want to no, beat chris allen yeah um, no, I, I, yeah we had him. He, we went to with him on on Monday. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. So I'll tell you this: like, I, it's a lot easier with two people. Oh, sure. With four and five. Yeah, uh, because with four and five, like, you spend a lot of time just 
listening, which listening is good, mm-hmm. but um, like it, it allows for the. So if you see me in the, in the GSP one like this a lot of the time. It's I just agree. because there's just like yeah, when you have so many people, it's kind of hard to. Uh, one of my favorite little things is seeing you lose interest and focus in what's happening in the podcast and wondering when you're going to start paying attention again. That's my own little game is what waiting for that. Well, I think Will knows when, you know, Will and Ryan knows to, to like when they ask me a question to be like, Marzo, <laughs> you know, because they got to, they got to, they got to snap yeah, me, yeah. snap me back into, oh. uh, oh, into yeah. what's happening. Uh, no, I, I look, I, this is why I have the two person format. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think, I think that it's really easy to get lost when you have a multi-person podcast and I really just want to focus on the conversation. Right. And so it's just much easier to do that with two people. Um, I'm also crap at multi-person cause I don't know when to come in and I'm not really good at those cues kind of stuff. And so really easy when it's just one other, one other guy and just like, yeah, what do you think? And then wait for an answer and then we get to talk back and forth. Right. It's uh, super simple. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoy it. I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Yeah. I had a good time. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so we're just going to do a little close out. Um, uh, as you know, uh, for the listeners, uh, we release every Monday um, at 7 a.m. And uh, early episodes are available on the Patreon for uh, Saturday, 7, 9, something in the evening. And um, I hope you enjoyed the episode and stay safe out there. And thank you, Marcel, for coming on and uh, have a good night, everyone. Okay. Thanks for the other.